0: Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message from the Kalamazoo, Michigan campus. For more info on the church, visit newdaycommunity.org. All right, yeah, it's good to be here, good to be with you as we conclude the relationship series. And uh, as I've explained earlier, that rather than uh, focusing on a particular type of relationship, like marriage or parenting, we're actually looking at different issues that affect all relationships. And so we started out with uh, talking about communication. We talked about sexuality and how that has an effect on all relationships and money. Um, and today we are continuing that. <clears throat> and uh, it's based. the series is based on John... 13, where Jesus says a new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you that you also love one another and then he goes on he says by this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another so Jesus commands us to love one another as he loved us so in the same way that he loved us and for Jesus that meant dying on the cross as a demonstration of the level of love that he has. And John writes in a letter uh, uh, later in his life after he'd written the gospel uh, to one of the churches, uh, again, emphasizing this uh, importance of of love, John writes, Beloved to the church, if God so loved us, or, or in other words, if God loved us in this way, uh, we also ought to love one another. And so every relationship, and this is the big idea, every relationship that we have <clears throat> should be Christ-like. It should be based on Christ-like love. And that's what we're talking through. But how do we do that? How do you do love? How do you love one another in that way? How do you love your neighbors in, in a Christ-like way? How do you actually functionally, practically do that? How do you love your enemies in that way? People that you don't get along with or that don't like you. How, do you, how, do you, how can we do that? And that's, that's a question we're asking. Now, Jesus died on the cross for us as a demonstration of his love. Um, aren't you glad that we don't actually have to die for someone uh, to demonstrate love? Right? And we don't have a sign up for martyrdom on the connection card. <coughs> <laughs> but we do have opportunities, I believe, regularly, if not daily, to die to ourselves, as an act of love, uh, preferring someone else, dying to yourself, and that, in that way, we love like Christ loved. And Jesus said, "That's what it means to be a Christian: is to love like He loves." And that's how the world will know that we're Christians if we love in the way that he loves but we need to figure out how to do this and it'll never the world won't know we won't we won't build a function if we don't figure out to get this um uh working in our lives and today we're going to look at the issue of honor and how honor ref, uh is um reflective of jesus's love and how to incorporate honor into all of our relationships and it's based on one of the ten commandments <laughs> and uh uh, this is in Exodus 20:12. It says, Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the land which, your, which the Lord your God is giving you. And um, <coughs> I'm chuckling because the whole of first service, I was saying this was the fourth commandment. And, and, and people didn't know the, the preceding commandments. And, I was, uh, you know, and, and then it turned out, this is not the fourth commandment. This is the fifth commandment. I actually forgot one. So, hey. Uh, don't feel bad if you don't know all of them. Um, And I think we need to do a series on the commandments. (laughs) (laughs) So, honor your father and mother that your days may be long uh, upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. So, this is the first of the commandments that deal with relationships, the first... Uh, three commandments deal with uh, how we relate to God. Then there's the commandment of the Sabbath, and then there's this commandment, which begins a list of how we interact. Like, don't kill other people, <laughs> don't steal from other people. You know, don't you know? All the other uh, commandments that follow really deal with how we uh, uh, relate to in a community, in society. But it starts with <clears throat> honor. Uh, and you know what? It starts with the first relationship that a person has. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> kind of a good starting place. You need to relate to your parents. Now, when you're born, that's the only relationship pretty much you have is with mom and dad. Now, I understand that some people uh, are, are don't have a relationship with their biological parents or maybe never did, but the way we were created was to be born into a family and that that initial Uh, relationship with the mother and the father becomes a critical, foundational, formative relationship. And out of that relationship, uh, not only if we get that relationship right, do we uh, find blessing and and establish that uh, uh, wholesomely, but it then affects all other relationships. How you treat your parents will affect the whole of your life. If you get this right in the parent-child relationship, it'll affect the whole of your life. And it becomes a baseline. This is the main point. Remember, I'm not talking about parenting. I'm not talking about how to relate to your parents. I'm talking about all relationships. And all relationships should start with this idea of honoring. And and God says, get it right with the first relationship, and you'll be able to more easily get it right with other relationships. You see how that builds? Okay, so honor should be the baseline for all relationship. Honor is the primary, it's the first, and I believe the most important, defining characteristic of what a Christian, a Christ follower's uh, relationship with everyone should be. <clears throat> now, as you and I both know, uh, dysfunction in a family creates dysfunction elsewhere. And so if you have a dysfunctional family Often that leads to issues uh, throughout your life that uh, you deal with. And, um, you know, I see this constantly as a pastor, but I also see it in my own life. That stuff that I'm dealing with now, uh, you know, really can be traced back to stuff that happened when I was a kid growing up in my house. And that's just the truth of life. And when we see someone uh, wrapped up in bad behavior, often it's, it's the consequence of stuff that started way back. And we all, unfortunately, have some level of dysfunction. Embrace your dysfunction. <laughs> but that doesn't exempt us from the command. In fact, God's Word, yeah, this yeah, is a yeah. big, big idea here, His commandments are not just stuff we should do. His commandments have prophetic, creative power to enable us to do it. All right? When God said, let there be light, he wasn't just telling the molecules to obey him. He actually created light by the power of his word. So when he says, honor your father and mother, if we receive that in the right way, it gives us creative power. All right? to establish relationship and to heal dysfunction and to bring blessing. All right. So, but in order to benefit from benefit from that creative power of God's word and His command, you have to believe it. That's where faith comes in. If you hear the words, but you don't uh, combine it with faith and belief. Uh, it won't have the effect that God intends. And so the word must be mixed with faith in order to, for it to produce the intended result. All right, And then you also need to understand it. You need to understand God's word so that you can um, implement it and apply it in your life and find blessing in your life. So we're going to uh, look at this, this idea of honor and what does it actually mean. So in English it means respect. Well, that's good. Treat with integrity. You know, treat people with integrity and dignity. That's how we should treat our parents. That's how we should treat one another. Okay, that makes sense. But the Hebrew words, is a little di- different. And this is one of those words, <coughs> there's a few Hebrew and Greek words that I encourage all Christians to become familiar with, and this is one of them, because it's, uh, it's used, it's a significant word throughout the Old Testament, it's kabod. And it means weight, heaviness. Alright? It's the same word that's translated glory. Like when the glory of the Lord filled the temple. It says the priests uh, went Solomon's temple after he built it. They had this service and the glory of God came physically into the temple in a way that caused the priests to fall down. It says they could not stand and minister and so they either bowed down or fell down we don't know but they were down because they the weight of God and I've personally felt God's weight uh at times in in different uh experiences in prayer and in worship uh where you just sense God's it's almost like pressure you know Uh, and that's the glory but that's that's the same word that's translated honor and then in the Greek it's really interesting because it it's a little different. It brings another uh, uh, aspect of understanding to this word honor, and that is fix a valuation upon, to, by implication to revere, to honor, to value. And so the primary idea of uh, uh, in the New Testament in this word honor, and when the, that scripture is quoted and translated into Greek, is valuing, ascribing value. All right. So biblical honor, Means to ascribe weight or a heavy value, to treasure and treat uh, uh, as someone of extreme worth. Right, and so if I'm to honor someone, I'm going to treat them and to treasure them as being really wow. They're weighty. This is this is a significant. This is important. This person is important. I really put a high value. On that person and that person should be every person okay every person so ideally (coughs) we learn this in our relationship with our parents in those formative years and then learn how to extend that honor how to treat other people with dignity with respect how to uh, uh, treat them with um, uh, as highly valuable because we've had that experience with our parents, and so it becomes the pattern that we extend to other people. But, guess what? Parents aren't perfect, are they? (sighs) But God knew that. God knew that when he gave this command. (laughs) And he still gave the commandment. Hmm. God knowingly commands us to honor imperfect people as a way to find blessing. So just because your parents weren't perfect doesn't exempt you from this command. It's actually the intention of the command to teach you how to honor people that are imperfect. Because you know what? All people are imperfect. Right? So that's a really good life skill to learn how to honor people that sometimes don't deserve honor because all people don't deserve honor. And that's because the value of a person is not based on their earned worth, but on their inherent worth. And we treat people not based on what they deserve, but but what they are worthy of because of who they are as a creation, as a son or daughter of God. The Lord does not look at the outward appearance Instead, he looks at the heart, all right? And we, like the Lord, need to realize all the outward stuff isn't as important as the inward part. The Bible actually says in Psalm chapter 8 concerning man, it says, What is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? You have made him a little lower than the angels and have crowned him with glory and honor. And so the psalmist is trying to get his brain around. Why, God, did you make man and honor him in such a way? Because that psalmist could see that men and women, people don't deserve it. All right? He was living with real people, too. But he could see that God had placed such a high value. And he actually says, you made him a little lower than the angels. And that word in the Hebrew is actually Elohim. And this is, I think, the only time where it's most often translated as God. It's actually the Hebrew word for God, Elohim. Right? And you've made him a little lower than a God or an angelic being, a heavenly being, and you've crowned him with glory on God's view of you and mankind is honor and glory and weight and ascribing high value. And Jesus talks about this. I just grabbed a couple examples from the Gospels where he's, Jesus is talking, and this in <clears throat> Matthew 6, He's no doubt standing outside and probably a beautiful flock of birds fly by while he's teaching. Wouldn't that be great? Jesus teaching a flock of birds. I can see it. <laughs> he's like, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into, your, uh, and, uh, into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And so he's saying, listen guys, don't worry about things. Don't you realize God values you more than even creation and the birds? And he ups it a notch. And in another place he said to them, what man is there among you who has one sheep, and if it falls into the pit on the Sabbath, will not lay hold of it and lift it out? And so here's something a a sheep actually had, significant monetary value in their culture. It was a source of income. It was also a source of food. Right? Uh, and so this is, uh, this is and it goes, how much more value then is a man than a sheep? Therefore it's lawful to do good on Sabbath. And so he was talking a lot about, about a lot of different things, but we see that Jesus regularly uh, is, uh, in his sermons, are challenging people to reconsider how they value themselves. And that, in actuality, God really values us. Isn't that great? That's good. That's good news. And we're we're there. We we are there. (laughs) But we are to therefore. There are a lot of T's in that sentence. uh, Value other people because we're to love like God loves. And so in 1 Peter 2:17 it says, honor all people. Wow. We're to have this valuing that God has demonstrated and value that he holds toward us. We're to treat all people that way. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. And so we're to live in a lifestyle. It's a command to live out this. And so this means everyone, all people. You can't exempt anyone from that, even if you don't like them. You know, you can honor someone even if you don't like them. Yep. You can value someone even if you really disagree with them. Because you're not valuing them based on your agreement or based on their behavior. You're valuing them based on how God values them, exactly. Good. how he sees them, and then you act in a way that is consistent with the way God acts because you are filled with God. That's the goal. All right, in Romans 10, <clears throat> sorry, 12, 10, it says, Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor, giving preference to one another. And this is, there's so many verses out the New Testament that talk about this that we would be affectionate, this is uh, towards one another in the family, spiritual family, with brotherly love, but in honor. What, what does that mean? That means giving preference, preferring someone above yourself or the real key verse in in Philippians where Paul is writing. And remember, Paul is sitting in prison in Rome when he wrote this letter. And he had a death sentence. At any moment, the guard could come walking down the hallway, open the door, and say, it's your time, Paul, uh, uh, and be let out and have his head cut off. Uh, But uh, fortunately, that didn't happen at that moment or at that time. It did happen a number of years later. But he was in this place where he was writing a letter to the church and these could have been his last words. And so these are very important words. And Paul saying, this is so important. This is how I want you to treat one another. He says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. That would be the opposite of honoring, is doing stuff out of selfish ambition or conceit, pride. But instead, in lowliness of mind, let each esteem or value or honor others better than him or herself let each of you look out not only for your own interests and i love i just love how god balances this out he doesn't say don't look out for your interests okay it's okay to take care of yourself right but not just yourself let each of you look out not only for your own interests but also for the interests of others all right let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So this way of thinking, honoring and giving preference to one another and, 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 and looking out for the interests and the needs of others, that's how Jesus thought. And that's why Jesus did what he did. And he said, this is how we need to think. And if we think this way, we will, we will act in a Christ-like way and our love will be Christ-like. Uh, loving like Christ... Love means valuing people more than ourselves. <clears throat> All right. So, how is honor? How is value actually demonstrated in life in a in a practical, realistic way? How, I mean, what can we do to demonstrate honor? Actually, an easier question is, how is dishonor and disrespect demonstrated? This is Q&A time. Gossip. Gossip. Gossip is a great way to dishonor someone. Disrespect. Say stuff, uh, uh, accusations about people um behind their back. What is another way that someone might show disrespect? None of you do it, obviously. Maybe your kids. <laughs> the neighbor kids. That's <laughs> no, that TV show. There we go. What's another way disrespect is shown? Theft. Taking stuff that doesn't belong. Yeah, you just take something. You're really devaluing the person who actually owns it. It's another way that you might not paying attention when they talk to you. Not paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? I'm curious. I just thought of funny. You thought of something funny. Okay. So yeah, when somebody's talking like me, giving a sermon, <laughs> and other people are texting, right? No, 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 no. <laughs> yes, directly disobeying. Whoa, that's that's a good example of disrespect. So, any other? Lying. Yeah, lying about someone. So if those are negative examples, then what would be some positive examples of how we can demonstrate honor if those are ways we demonstrate dishonor? Saying good things. Saying good things. Yeah, instead of gossiping about someone, you know what I love to do. I love to brag on people. You know I love to talk about people when they're not around. And tell other people about how stinking amazing they are. <laughs> I'm, I really do. I'm like, I brag on you as a church all the time. I go to other churches and I just talk about how great you guys are. <laughs> uh, I do it all the time. So uh, it's fun. <clears throat> what is another way? So talk good about people. How about when somebody starts to go, the conversation? Yeah. So you don't, you don't listen to a bad report, all right? You, you redirect. Uh, you, you change the topic, or you go, oh, i got to go. <laughs> Another example. Show appreciation or praise them for something done. Do something or say something uh, that's, uh, uh, that affirms them, that communicates value. A lot of it talk is about our, our, our words, isn't it? We really honor through our words. Any other ways that we can honor someone? Actively listening, really listening. It's a great, great way to show honor. uh, You know, if someone's saying something, that you you actually listen to what you stop and you listen, and a a real trick, uh, technique, is to repeat back to them the exact words that they said. Not the whole thing, but like the key. So you're saying you felt uh, taken advantage of, and most of the time they'll say, well, not really. What I meant was, even though you use the exact same words. <laughs> but that's a good thing because it enables them to, to clarify what they meant. And it also tells them you heard what they said. Okay. And sometimes people keep saying the same thing because you haven't said it back to them. So they don't know you've heard it until they hear you say it back. Uh, And so that's a huge way, listening. And it deepens relationship. Uh, What would be the opposite of what you shared? Instead of directly obeying. Hey, could you do this? Yeah, absolutely. And then you actually do it. You know? Yeah, so those are ways that we can... And so I challenge you, find ways to act in honor toward others throughout your day. Whether it be your spouse your children, your parents, people in church, people at work, your boss, your coworkers—say good things about them. Do what you're supposed to do. Do above and beyond. Give them preference. Take care of their needs before you take care of your needs. All of those things are ways that we can honor others. Here's another uh, thing: How do you react when someone walks into the room? You know, have you ever been in a room? <laughs> My wife just walked in the room. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is a little more subtle. <laughs> and, and this re- can reveal your heart condition or the heart condition of someone else. If you walk in a room and you instantly feel not happy they're here. Yeah. All right. Wow. Tells you something, doesn't it? As opposed to someone walks in the room and you go, Hey, I'm so happy you're here. right, and that little interaction that only takes a fraction of a second has incredible power. Uh, In fact, I read a book um, written by a scientist, uh, brain scientist, psychologist guy. (laughs) You know what I mean. He actually said he, they, he had a great definition for joy. Joy is the is what a person feels when they when they see another person's eyes light up simply because they see them. Yes, yes, yes. So when you walk in a room and somebody goes and there's this this you know and they've measured that 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 interaction nonverbal interaction goes back and forth I forget the number of times it was like a, a dozen times within 2 seconds or something like that. There's this feedback loop that both of them feel happier (laughs) and he says that's what joy is is when someone walks in the room and they're happy to see you, you feel joy but if you walk in the room and someone goes you don't feel joy (laughs) (laughs) so you know what, you can change your behavior and it actually will change how you feel about someone if they walk in a room and you just choose to go, hey, how's it going? You know, it's really, really, it changes the dynamic. How do you feel when a person gets something that you don't think they deserve, or even worse, something that you think you deserve, right, and you don't have? How do you feel? Is it envy? Is it jealousy? Are you upset? Or are you happy for them? You know, that's honor. <clears throat> How do you treat or feel about someone who's taken advantage of you? Or someone who believes passionately something you disagree passionately about. Someone who's on the opposite side of the political divide. Someone who has a different opinion about a social agenda item. <laughs> it used to, used to be communist, now we're like, they're not so bad. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> So, you know, you can honor someone and totally disagree with them. You can honor someone that is behaving in a way that is in no way deserves honor. And when you honor someone and treat someone with value that doesn't deserve it, you're actually living Christ-like. Because none of us deserved his love. And yet he demonstrated love. How do you behave when someone confronts you or challenges you? Do you immediately take up a defensive posture? Or do you give them the benefit of doubt and really hear them out and say, oh, where was I wrong? Instead of saying, no, I wasn't wrong. These are ways that we honor one another. Uh, uh, Jesus said at another place when he was talking to the Pharisees, he said, well did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites. These people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. So in other words, honor must go beyond words and actions. It actually has to get down to the heart level. And that's why those questions kind of dealt with uh, heart issues. How do you feel? How do you react? What do you think of? So honor has got to come from our hearts. And we need to sort that out. Now this doesn't mean we live without healthy boundaries. okay? But what it does mean is that we don't live hiding behind walls. If you're if you're hiding behind walls, you're not positioned in a place to love like Christ loved, because Christ loved in a way that actually got he got hurt. Does that make sense? He was willing. <clears throat> so I want to take this down a notch or go a little deeper in looking into this issue of honor. Uh, by this next, next passage. <clears throat> Uh, Jesus uh, was with some, a group of people and someone in the uh, audience said, hey teacher, what's the greatest commandment in the law? And Je- Jesus answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbors as yourself. So clearly loving God is absolutely the most important and it has to come first. And right next to it, equal to it, is loving others as yourself, but a person that's starved of love has a really hard time loving others, all right? A person that's starved of value has no value to give. And I just, let me say it this way. If 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 God's telling you to love others as you love yourself, but you hate yourself, You're going to hate others. And in fact, most people that live or demonstrate hate or anger or all those other negative emotions toward others, most often it's coming out of their relationship with themselves. All right? Because it's really hard to love others if you ain't got no love going on in you. So, Let me ask you this. Which commandment was the immediately preceding commandment? This is where I got the numbers all wrong in the first service. (laughs) If honor your father and mother is the fifth commandment, what was the fourth commandment? Good job. We got some Bible students in the class today. You you just had it open. All right. (laughs) Honor the Sabbath there. In Deuteronomy, it says it this way. Guard the Sabbath. To keep it holy. As the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work. You nor your son nor your daughter nor your male servants nor your female servants, not even your ox, okay, or your donkey nor any of your cattle. Like, guys, really, take a day off. Even the strangers... Uh, who live within your, in your gates, that your male servants, your female servants, may rest, rest as well as you. And remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. Now they weren't allowed to rest. They were a slave. But they aren't any longer. And the Lord your God brought you out of there by a mighty hand and by an outstretched arm. Therefore the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. And the word you or your is used 23 times in that one passage. And the Sabbath is all about you. All right? Jesus clearly teaches this. It's not just a religious observation. It's not just a rule that, you know, it's, it's, it's a Lord's Sabbath. You're, you're violating God. No, actually, you're violating you. Wow. The first three commandments talk about God. Have no other God before you. Uh, uh, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. And make no graven images. That's the one I forgot for service. And then it says, take a day off. I just think that's a crazy commandment. It's like, I don't know other religions if they have that as a like one of the top ten. <laughs> take a day for yourself. You know? Uh, uh, and a day for relationship with him. Hey, hang out with me. One day a week, you know, could I have some time in your life? Uh, and a uh, day uh, set apart uh, that, uh, for yourself, apart from your work, that your value is not based on what you do. Huh? You're more important than what you do. And we demonstrate that when we practice Sabbath. All right? Take time to rest. And it's out, or it comes from this place of rest from this place of acknowledging that first my relationship with God and then from that flows my relationship with myself and that I'm valued apart from what I do and I have rest and I have time with him that I then am commanded to honor parents and from that honor other people but if we're not going to God in relationship and if we have have this uh, bad image of ourselves because we haven't stopped and received our value recognize our inherent value in the eyes of god because we we're fathered by him then we won't have the honor or the love uh, to share with others does that make sense yes. wow that's pretty cool and that we're no longer slaves our identity we're sons and daughters we were slaves Come out from that. That's what the, that command is, that weekly uh, uh, reminder to take a day off, a day to, to, to uh, commune with Him. And, and then the principle of taking time regularly to connect with God is to remind you that you're a son and daughter. You're not a slave. All right? So that it speaks to your identity. And when your identity is right, when your relationship with God is right, and when you're coming from a place of rest, then you have the capacity in your heart to value others because you're valued by God. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And it's out of the love of God being poured in our hearts that we have love to love others. Whether or not they deserve it. Right? Because we didn't deserve it. All right. And so you need to see yourself first as valuable and then from there have the uh, resources to value others. Uh, concluding with this, First John chapter four, it says, God showed how much He loved us by sending His one and only Son into the world so that we might have eternal life through Him. This is real love, Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much. We surely ought to love each other. And that's what we started, one of the quotes uh, earlier in the sermon. Since God loved this way, how did He love us? He loved us by demonstrating how much He valued us by sending His most valuable possession, Jesus Christ. All right? And if you're here and you haven't entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ, or you need to renew that relationship with Jesus Christ so that you can value yourself and you can value others, It's open. There's nothing you can do to earn it. It's not based on your earned value. It's based on the fact that Jesus paid the price. And that's the value that you have. Um, I already said that. I already said that. We must receive him personally. And when we do, it gives us the power to share his love. When you accept Jesus into your life as Lord of your life, because you believe it, it actually says, you know, Christ in us, the hope of glory. And so his value then is not something external, it's something internal. All right? And we carry about the weight, the glory, the honor. And from that, we can honor others. You know, because we're not starved looking for honor.